Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Rhonda Pick, Managing Editor of Poultry Health Today. With me is Dr. Aaron Riley, Staff Veterinarian with Sanderson Farms. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We are excited to have a, a conversation with you about RioVirus and uh, hear more about your experiences that you've been having. Kind of give us some of the highlights of, of the evolving story. Well, uh, for a long time uh, before I ever came into the poultry industry, uh, vaccines were developed that were very effective uh, and they worked for years and even decades. And about 2012, uh, viral arthritis uh, occurred in, in the industry uh, and spread pretty quickly. And uh, these viruses were termed variant rheoviruses, which I think surprised most of us because it just ha we haven't seen viral arthritis like this in, in a lot of years. Uh, so um, the, the search was on for how do we fix this because classic uh, viral strains uh, did not uh, touch the problem. And so since 2012, we have uh, been through a process of finding problem rheoviruses and developing uh, autogenous vaccines with various companies with, with a, a lot of help from vaccine companies. Um, and I've learned a lot about trying to find uh, the right rheovirus uh, and uh, ones that will make good uh, candidates for autogenous vaccine. And so one challenge is uh, you're always behind the eight ball because um, by the time you find a problematic uh, virus, you then have to uh, isolate it see if it is uh, a good vaccine candidate, make a vaccine, and by that time you're months behind. And that's uh, a lot of uh, broilers that have been placed and processed that uh, you know, are susceptible to disease. Why do you think it keeps changing so fast? Does it have to do with the fact that we just can't, can't keep up with how fast it's evolving and we're just we're chasing our tails all the time? I, I don't feel like, uh, that I have a good grasp of, of why it's changing all of a sudden. Uh, I don't know that the virologists that work on this really have a good understanding of it. The epidemiology is not clear, but it's spread across our divisions very quickly and we certainly can haul it around with eggs um, and just personnel movement. So, uh, so talk a little bit more about how viral arthritis presents itself. What are, what are signs you're seeing and how does it present itself within your operation? Uh, service technicians or our flock advisors, uh, when they uh, call with a problem of uniformity, uniformity issues and lameness, uh, those are two of the consistent things that I hear from uh, flock advisors. Uh, and so that's the first rule out on my list. If you have a uniformity problem, um, lameness, and reduced water consumption as a, as a result compared to adjacent houses. Uh, and that's, that's, those are the symptoms that uh, you know, are described to me over the phone uh, before I go to the farm. Um, and then we'll see just that and it's, it's been pretty evident um, and can be confirmed pretty quickly with some, some testing. And what age of birds do you typically see? Uh, the typical complaint uh, happens between 28 and 35 days of age. 
Uh, our broilers, uh, we grow to 50 and 60 days. So about midway through the grow out, uh, people that are uh, become very familiar with the problem can see it in the mid to early 20s. Uh, so that's that's been the presentation at our company. And how how big of a problem is it as far as you know number of birds, number of facilities, you know, in in relation to all the other challenges you mm -hmm. have from a disease standpoint? Um, talk a little bit more about that. Well, when it first started in 2012, uh, it was a really sizable problem because of all, all of our hen flocks were naive to the variant rheoviruses out there. Once we've been able to vaccinate with uh, killed autogenous products in our pullets, um, it has become much less of an issue. And so uh, currently we will have uh, a couple of houses per farm uh, and maybe two or three broiler farms affected. And so we tend now to, to blame the problem on poor vaccine administration or immunosuppressive disease. Um, but there's always the possibility of another variant uh, coming. Arriving on scene. Arriving. And the way that uh, looks is it will be uh, multiple farms, but typically two or three houses a farm, depending on the source flock. So uh, when a variant comes on board, in my experience, uh, you'll have multiple hen flocks affected, and then wherever those uh, those uh, chickens are placed, it, you know, you'll typically have two or three uh, houses per farm. It won't, uh, and, and it's due to vertical transmission, not as much horizontal transmission has been my experience, although both are very possible and documented. So let's circle back to vaccines a little bit more. Um, talk a little bit about your experience with autogenous versus traditional commercial vaccines? My experience has been that uh, rheovirus, uh, when you vaccinate against rheovirus, you have to have a somewhat homologous virus for yep. what, uh, to protect uh, for, uh, you know, what your field challenge is. Um, the autogenous products we've had uh, largely success with, uh, but the difference would be that uh, each cereal that comes out uh, every few months, say every uh, six or eight months, we may get a new cereal of autogenous vaccine. It doesn't have those stringent requirements that a, uh, a licensed commercial product does. So there's always questions of, of efficacy uh, because there's not the level of testing and then secondly, you always question if you have the right bug, is it still pathogenic? Uh, because it's gone through uh, several hands of isolating and re-isolating. So you don't have the, uh, the quality assurance with autogenous products. Uh, so there's always a, a question mark. We, our vaccine suppliers do an excellent job, uh, but they don't, it, there's not a stringent of a quality assurance process with autogenous products. Let's talk a little bit about diagnostics in your operation. Um, as viral arthritis appears and you know what are what are you doing from a diagnostic standpoint what are you looking at well uh, it, just specifically for broilers when we uh, think we have a case of viral arthritis uh, we very quickly uh, pull blood for ELISA serology um, and that is typically pretty clear that tells us if we have a, a problem uh, the titers will uh, be very high if we have a significant uh, rheovirus that causes viral arthritis so that's the first thing we do and then next we want to look for the problematic virus and see if it's uh, the same as we've had historically or, or a new one so uh, we'll collect whole legs and send them to uh, a number of different labs for virus isolation and characterization and so uh, there's a lot of great experts that are helping us along. We're still learning how best to 
to characterize those, and uh, whether it be uh, a genotyping uh, or a serology and pathotyping. So, still learning how to, to pair those different methods uh, to, to look at reovirus. So as we wrap up our, our discussion today, um, what would be a couple key takeaways you would have from, from your experience with reovirus that you might share with other producers facing similar challenges? I would say that uh, autogenous uh, vaccine development uh, should be a, a, a obviously a big focus and spending the, the time and effort and, and money to choose the right viruses is cr critical. Um, so whether that, that would be a, uh, a challenge study, um, uh, and, and that's what we did to start with. We had a lot of help uh, from vaccine suppliers uh, doing a challenge study, trying to choose the, the, the best virus for our vaccine. And, and that has been the biggest part of our success, along with a, a good deal of luck too, uh, choosing the right virus. But uh, we had that help initially and, and it, it really paid off. Great. We've been visiting with Dr. Aaron Riley, staff veterinarian with Sanderson Farms. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.